So how you been? Good. How about you? Doing good. Good. Mandy, how are you doing? I am enjoying the Florida sun. So what's the weather like down there right now? Oh, it's like 70 and breezy and sunny. So no complaints here. You know, we don't like to open up with insults, but thanks. I mean, that's that's nice for, <laughs> mm-hmm. for what we've got going on up here. Yeah, another you, windy day. Yeah. Did you did you hear that a few weeks ago we had like the worst dust storm ever, like in the history of Texas up here? Did Stephanie complain to you I about did. any of that? I I got some videos. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot believe my eyes. So it was bad. I, I don't know how you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. So have y'all seen that new movie with, uh, it's got BJ Novak in it. The guy from the office that played Ryan. Um, it's called, Mm -mm. I can't remember what it was called, but it's about West Texas. It's about a guy from the big city comes to West Texas. It's like solving some kind of murder mystery or something like that. And, uh, the, one of the lines from what it's like deep West Texas, like kind of Midland Odessa area, kind of somewhere between Midland Odessa and Abilene, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And the guy said, this is the most godforsaken country. There's people dying every day. It's full of disease. It's rotten. And I would never <laughs> live anywhere else. And I'm like, that's kind of the attitude most of us have. Yeah, that's right. You know, you're pretty defensive. <laughs> you're pretty defensive of your home, home, home turf, even if it's not the nicest looking or the best yeah, right, feeling. Right. But I, I always think to myself, why do I live here? But yeah. it's like where else would I live? You kind of grow attached to it over time. It's yeah. a, you, you learn to you learn to to love love the scars and the wounds that you get from it, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. We were walk, we were walking into church the other day and like there is a film of dust in front of us in the vestibule between that area and the sanctuary. Yeah. And it's just because the doors coming in from people just arriving one by one, the dust would come in and it kind of made me think of the dust bowl, you know, mm. have, have y'all, have y'all ever watched that movie, the grapes of wrath? No, I have not. Mm-hmm. Mandy, you I seen have. it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah. kind of what I thought of, you know, it's like, what's, yeah. so what's Florida's version of the grapes of wrath? Like, do y'all have a, have like a, 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 a like a weather story that's, like really bad for y'all would it be like with the hurricanes and stuff yeah absolutely yeah this last year we had the hurricane hit us about 30 minutes 45 minutes from our house so Mm -hmm. it was pretty crazy for a while um but yeah that's our yeah that's our biggest weather really that we get here or just you know tornado that just decides to pop up on a saturday rain in the afternoon but you know i mean so, um, but hurricanes, yeah, definitely the, the biggest thing here and, um, definitely, um, you know, we always pay attention and watch, yeah. watching, but you know, a lot of uh, unfortunate things, you know, transpired this last year with, with it. It just, you know, you never right. know what to predict. So, oh yeah, but our insurance is, is crazy here now because of it. Our homeowners insurance and stuff is going up a little bit. Um, I imagine you have to have so, that. Yeah, but, I think whole, the whole state of Florida should be, you know, it's pretty much its own little it should own be its, island down here. Yeah, so. it should be its own country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think Florida and Texas are both have insurance. 
Sorry. No, I was just saying, I think Florida and Texas are both a ki- both kindred spirits in that way. They just yes. kind of want to be their own thing. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. and, and no offense to any Californians listening or anything, but it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Florida wants to be its own thing. Texas definitely wants to be its own thing. And everybody wants mm-hmm. California to be its own thing. I don't know if I've ever met a Californian <laughs> that actually wants to be by themselves. I've only ever heard it said we would, we would rather them be their own thing. Right. Kind of. Like, yeah. But I don't know. I've been to parts yeah. of California that I really enjoy, like the Redwood Forest. I've never been like in the the California that we always hear about, like the the Hollywood, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? I've well, been to the nicer yeah. parts of California. Um, been to San Diego a couple of times, but mm-hmm. for, for business, for TC yeah. conferences and stuff. And right. don't really get to get out. Right. So that reminds me. Let's just go. Let's go ahead and get into that before we get too much into the chit chat. Uh, because people are wondering, <laughs> so who are these people and uh, why should we care? <laughs> So go ahead and introduce yourself, Stephanie, first. Okay. So Stephanie Grantham, and I've been in real estate since 2008. Uh, 2017 is when I started my career in transaction coordinating. Mm -hmm. So transitioned from sales into transaction coordinating. And um, 2000, well, last year in October, Mandy and I um, organically merged businesses. So now I'm part of her transaction coordinating company. Okay. And so have a little bit different role than what I had previously as the transaction coordinating business owner. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, here we are. Nice. Mandy, what about you? (laughs) Yes. um, Mandy Reidinger. Um, I used to live in Texas and um, was born in in Florida. And so um, I... um, you know, love being, you know, I'm licensed in both states. So I love having the ability. And when Stephanie and I merged, it just was an organic uh, merger. Um, so been licensed for uh, since 2006. So is that 17, 18 years. Um, and then in Texas, I've been licensed uh, for about 10 years there. So, um, but yeah, Stephanie and I, um, you know, saw mutual benefits in each other to help each other in this season of life. And it's worked out really awesome so far. And, um, you know, we have a really great synergy and, um, I love being able to service both states, um, just from having lived there in Texas and, you know, Mm -hmm. living in Florida, but after COVID made things so much easier to do things virtually. And Mm -hmm. so our whole team is virtual and, gives us the ability to do that. Although we're, we're local, you know, boots on the ground, but still we can, you right. know, work in multiple states a lot easier now. So uh, it's really nice uh, blessing that we have to do that. Awesome. So a couple things come to mind as you guys talk about that. Um, and I want to get both y'all's opinions on this. So the transaction coordination industry, that's a pretty, that's a pretty niche industry. Like if you're not in real estate, you probably don't know about it. Um, but everybody knows about management and administration. So it's pretty much just a branch off of that same tree. Right. Um, is it the same, if you're trying to pitch your business to an agent, is it the same pitch as like, we can just help you administrate your business better, or does it go deeper than just basic administration? Because you're also dealing with a pretty niche, uh, service market. It's not like you're administrating, you know, an accounting firm or a bank or a movie theater or something like that. You're administrating a business that mostly deals with people, uh, face-to-face interactions, um, and all that. So, you first, Stephanie, give me like your best st- sales pitch to an agent who's on the fence about hiring a transaction coordinator. And this is an agent who, 
this is an agent who sells like 40 houses a year. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Mm. So they're kind of our sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're like that meme of that guy behind the tree, like rubbing his hands. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the person that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, typical transaction takes anywhere from 15 to 20 hours to, mm-hmm. to coordinate once the deal goes under contract. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's where we can kind of come in and, and leverage that time for them and work the the back end of the transaction with communicating with title company lenders, mm-hmm. uh, their client, keeping everything moving smoothly, being proactive so that the transactions are not, you know, falling apart. Right. Um, so that they can focus on their lead generating money making activities mm-hmm. to go find more business. Um, and then some agents, you know, they don't necessarily want to go find more business. They want to spend more time with family and right. and do whatever else. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can use their time accordingly. But, you know, where we come into play, like I said, it's about 15 to 20 hours we can save them mm-hmm. per transaction so they can focus their time where they want to focus their time. Right. I like it. Mandy, what about you? Yeah, I would definitely say um, we are like a project manager, so that could relate to any type of industry. But in the real estate industry, TCs are really like the project manager of the transaction. So, you know, there's, um, you know, the, the agent doing 40 transactions a year as the example, you know, there's at least 10 people up in, in the parties, anywhere from 10 to 15 parties in that transaction And you times that by three to four deals a month. And that's a lot of people communicate. That's a lot of phone calls. That's a lot of things. And so, you know, we're that second set of eyes for them to make sure no dates getting missed, nothing's getting dropped, you know, and we're sitting in front of our computer making sure that those things are transpiring Mm because, you know, their typical day is, okay, go drop the kids off at school, whatever that may be. And then, you know, I'm going to go to the office and make some calls. I'm going to go show property. And, mm-hmm. you know, their job is to to continue to go out and be in the field or, you know, pick up kids from school, go to baseball practice or whatever. And so it just helps that real estate roller coaster become way more streamlined. And so it's not the up and downs as much. So, you know, that's something we love to help the agent with is just to give them that time back, like Stephanie mm-hmm. said, but like the quality of life as well. Like, we have agents and they'll be so nervous to try us on their first transaction. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you got to get them control. And like, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no one's going to do it as good as me. And like, yeah. you know, and then after they do it one time, they're like, Oh my gosh, like, why didn't I do this sooner? And it's like, we've been telling you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can, I can relate to that. Like I'm the, I'm one of the biggest control freaks you will ever meet when it comes to my systems, like things that I've built. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hand those things over. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. stuff that I'm trying to do mm-hmm. on social media, client to inspector relations, um, PR, that kind of stuff. Like if, if I have to turn any of that over, my hands are shaking. Like, yeah, I, I don't like yeah. it. But you're you're hitting on some really important points because, you know, it, it's almost like agents focus so much on being like you want them to focus on being really good at what they do right on selling homes on providing a good service to their clients and doing the face-to-face stuff but there's certain aspects of their job that they can still be the professional at but hire out and i think that's the that's the tough part to separate is that you think as a business owner and as a professional sometimes that to be the best means you have to do it all yourself that hiring something out is somehow meaning that you're less than the best at your job because you had to have some help. And I can, I can sympathize with that, you know, but there's certain aspects of the transaction that when I was an agent, 
would really rather have hired out, but I just never had the the business. So that leads me to my second question. At what threshold do you start looking at an agent's business thinking you need help? Like you need a transaction coordinator. Is it based on transactions? Is it based on money volume? Is it based on hours spent? Um, and, a, and a follow-up to that is that you know, the rationale on the renting side, like buying rentals and stuff. Some people say when you buy your first rental property, get a property manager, but then they're looking at their bottom line thinking, well, that money that I'm paying is eating into my revenue and I'm kind of paying money to own an investment right off the bat. Right. So maybe I should wait till I own 10 properties, but then I got to pull my hair out until I own 10 properties and then hire it out. So with that in mind, like what's your thoughts on that? It's like the roller coaster that I was talking about, right? So the cool thing about our services is that we believe that when the agent gets paid, we get paid. So there's really no risk for them. Mm -hmm. And so we only get paid once it closes and if it closes. So if it cancels, like the example you gave of the property manager, like the property manager is expecting to get paid no matter what's going on in your world, right? right? And so we're just as much vested in the transaction with the agent. We want it to close just as much as they do because that's when we get paid. So, you know, it's little risk for the agent to just try us out on on one deal and and just see that. And then once they're collecting, you know, the commission, then they can, you know, um, you know, uh, pay us. And then they could also, you know, charge their client our fees. So some realtors just leverage that. Mm -hmm. And every agent has different opinions about that. But, you know, right. it's also another piece they could charge a transaction fee. It's pretty common here in yeah. Florida. It's not as common in Texas. No. But, um, you know, so they so they leverage that as an admin fee and, and they charge that. Um, and so it's actually free leverage for them, right? So just hmm. different people do that. But if not, it's it's still a tax write-off for them and and you know, they pay it out of the commission. So right. um I would say that that is a a big piece for um the risk factor and um helping everybody um have that work life balance, which I think is what you know, since COVID, a lot of us are are looking at and trying to achieve a working smarter, not harder. And right, you know, the quality of life. So mm -hmm. and that's just, my answer. Yeah. And <laughs> and just before we kick it over to Stephanie, I think a good a good point to make there is that um as we see brokerages start to move further and further into this realm of uh, lesser splits and and more of this, uh, you know, it, it's not it's not mandatory that you come in and sit in a cubicle or or sit in the office and there's not these exorbitant copy fees, this fee, that fee. It's pretty minimal. Like the last brokerage I worked with before I became an inspector was a five hundred dollar per transaction fee, up to ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and you were done after mm -hmm. ten thousand. And there was no no actual split, but you got no quote unquote help from the brokerage right. in terms of anything beyond like dot loop, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. So as I think as we see brokerages move more towards that, there's going to be a lot more room to pay for stuff like this. I think that's probably been the worry of most agents is that um, they just didn't think they had the money to pay for the overhead. They had other overhead right. that they had to take care of right. that I would argue that maybe they didn't need you know, mm -hmm. some of that overhead that mm -hmm. they were paying for. Exactly. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, with, um, like Mandy said, the, the roller coaster ride that agents typically go on, you know, they're super busy working all their deals, negotiating contracts, talking to all the people. Well, the one thing that slides first is their lead generating. So when they're 
taking the time to mm-hmm. coordinate the transaction, they're losing their momentum and their lead generating, which in turn, that next 30 days after those transactions close, they're slow again. So I would say that when the agents have, you know, three deals in their pipeline, not even under contract yet, but when three when they have three deals in their pipeline, start using a TC. Yeah. Because then you can keep the momentum mm-hmm. on your lead generating and not lose mm-hmm. that piece there because that's what causes the roller coaster effect in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to get so focused on maintaining what they currently have exactly. that they don't have anything in 90 days. Exactly. That's kind of what happened to us or especially me just, well, as a company as a whole, I stopped marketing uh, during the, during like the second half of 2020, mm-hmm. because I, I could I didn't have time. Right. I had way too much going on. So, you know, I stopped marketing. We were doing, uh, we clocked over, uh, 1,080 inspections in 2022 alone as, wow. a, as a three-person company. So yeah. you just do the math on how much we're doing yeah. at a given time. Wow. And we just didn't have time to market or I didn't have time to market. That's actually not the truth. I probably could have made time and delegated some business out elsewhere. Um, but it's that goes back to what we're talking about. It's hard to delegate. Um, but it's almost like if you don't delegate, you're going to find yourself in trouble 90 mm-hmm. days out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the beauty of what we do is, mm-hmm. you know, we're all licensed. Yeah. We're all licensed realtors. Uh-huh. We've been in the field in some form in some form or fashion and understand what it takes to get a transaction closed. So right. it's literally plug and play. Yeah. You know, we've already got our systems put in place. We've mm-hmm. got the software put in place. We understand all the third party softwares for compliance and things mm-hmm. of that sort that realtors use. Um so I mean it's it's just as easy as sending your contract over to us and we'll start the back end work communicating with all parties, getting mm-hmm. inspections ordered, um, you know, setting expectations on what's going to happen during the option period. Right. And, um, you know, then following up after option with lender title, making sure title commitment's been ordered. Obviously this is all relevant for Texas, you know, Florida is yeah. a little bit different, but you know, just getting it to the closing table and getting the agent yeah. paid on time. So, right. And no commitment, you know, to using a TC in regards to you use this when you need us. Yeah. You know, if you have a $30,000 land deal, you don't need to call us on that. Don't use us. Yeah. So simple as that. I like that because that's not, you know, that's not so pigeonholed as the whole commission split idea. You know, it's like it's a commission split mm-hmm. where whatever transaction you have, and it's the same split percentage on any transaction, mm-hmm. whether that transaction was the most gut-wrenching, hair-pulling-out experience you've ever had for 30 grand worth of commission. Exactly. Not 30 grand worth of commissions, but 30 grand, 6%, 3% worth of commission, right. like a couple hundred bucks yeah. uh, versus maybe the really easy million-dollar deal that you had because your buyers were super educated and the house is in great condition. Right. And, and, you know, I've always been a firm believer that across the board, that percentage rule on real estate it kind of evens out because you have enough deals that are really difficult that you don't make a lot of money off mm-hmm. of. And then you get rewarded with these easy deals that you do make a good chunk off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're still providing the same level of service across the board. Um, but yeah. yeah. So um, Mandy, did you have any thoughts on that before we moved on? I was just going to add real quick, um, you know, the it's also the volume that we do. So this is all we do all day long. We choose not to go out to on the sailing side because 
we're crazy and we love paperwork. So, <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, we always say we love this side, you know, and agents are always like, Oh, we love you for loving that. We're like, we love you for you wanting to go out and, you know, and get clients, etc. So it's just a, it's just a nice, um, you know, relationship there. And, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to, to add that piece in there because, um, you know, we, we just really love what we do. And with the volume that we do, we can see problems sometimes before the agent can see it. So sometimes we can save a deal for them that they might not even have seen a solution because if they're doing 40 deals a year and we're doing, you know, 300 a month, like we can see problems yes. sometimes before mm-hmm. them. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I'm sure that y'all have, do y'all ever, do y'all ever think about, uh, like holding seminars or education type events where you actually educate agents on, on the pitfalls of, uh, oversight in transactions. Cause I'm sure you see that every day, like the, the penalties of oversight yeah. of, of things falling through the cracks. And, you know, it's kind of like you inspect enough houses, you learn to look for certain problems in certain areas, you mm-hmm. regulate enough transactions, you kind of know where things generally fall through the cracks. Right. Do you find that to be the case? For sure. Yeah. 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 I actually have a presentation called Bulletproof Your Transaction that nice. I go and teach to a couple of the local brokerages and, mm-hmm. and things of that sort. So kind of goes through a rundown of what we do, but sharing, mm-hmm. you know, some tidbits on what they can do in their business if they're not quite ready to hire a TC. Right. And then obviously we, we're here when they are ready. Mm-hmm. Mandy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that education is so important, um, especially since a, re- a lot of realtors got in the business for the last two years, which is a beautiful thing. But also, you know, we're we're in a different market now. Things mm-hmm. are different. You know, you got to negotiate repairs and you got to, you know, market your listings different and, and things like that. So um, the cool part about Stephanie and I is we've been through these ebbs and flows, you know, like I was in when the crash happened in 08 and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, and Stephanie as well. And Stephanie, you know, just embrace short sales. And so we just have so much knowledge to help and Mm -hmm. guide people, um, and help problem solve. So, and Stephanie and I both love teaching. So, um, I, I teach some stuff here in Florida as well. So, um, and to our TC community, you know, we're always wanting to educate, other TCs as well. And so, you know, we have a Facebook group that we collaborate on as a community. And mm-hmm. so it's an awesome, um, education is just so, so important. So. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and you know, we live in an age right now where you can learn just about anything you want to via the internet. You know, man, if I had mm-hmm. YouTube, if I had YouTube when I was a kid, I'd have been dangerous. <laughs> like, Cause I was a, I was, I was a nerd. I'm still a nerd, but like I was a, if I wanted to know something, I I sought it out. And the only time I didn't learn something was because I got lazy because it was too hard to find the answer. You had to read through a book. You had to go ask somebody. You had to. But now it's because, you know, like YouTube, I was talking about this this morning with somebody, is that it's backed by the best search engine on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's backdoored mm-hmm. through Google. And it's the second best search engine on the planet in and of itself. You just type in what you want to yeah. know, and there's going to be a video out there that somebody has made, yeah. whether they're a professional company with professional production equipment or just some dude in his garage with his cell phone teaching you how to do whatever, you know, 
yeah. change out a water heater or fix your car. Yep. Kids these days don't know how easy they have it. When they don't. We had to go through to the library and Goodness. search encyclopedias to write our term papers. Hold and, up, encyclopedia. Yeah. You're you're talking a little bit before my time here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was mean. <laughs> I'm just a 90s kid. I just, I, 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 the oldest thing I remember was dial up. Like that was as bad as it ever got for oh, me. Oh, oh, yeah. so yeah, you're okay. not, you don't have all the encyclopedia days. No, then. no, yeah. we we were at least fortunate enough to have some internet. But I mean, I still remember floppy mm. disks, those kinds of things. Oh. Um, yeah. It's it's funny, y'all are talking. About, we're talking about the '90s. I was actually using a '90s illustration to some people who were older uh, to illustrate something that they could do to fix a certain issue on their on their house. I was telling them they had a water heater vent pipe that was too tall. And I was saying you could the the builder could brace this up against the house by using this. Um, I didn't know the technical name for it, but it's this metal uh, bracing strip that looks kind of like those strips of paper that you tore off the sides of the paper that would come out of the '90s printers. Yes, you know you would tear it off, and yeah. kids would play with it, <laughs> yes. and it had all the little holes in it. You know, and like yeah. I wish I need to put up a graphic on the show of what exactly that is because I remember <laughs> that because my grandpa worked as works as a mechanic. <laughs> at Napa for the longest time. And that's how they did their invoicing mm -hmm. was right. through that kind of printer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can still remember the sound of that printer, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I'm sure y'all can too. I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I used to take, like put my head in the copier and like take the, you know, photos of myself in the copier <laughs> when I was little. So. <laughs> Stephanie's over here like, man, that's why Mandy ain't right. <laughs> She got she got exposed to too many of them, too many of them gamma rays up in there. <laughs> no, well at least at least you were doing that with the copier and not what teenage boys were doing with the copier right? in, in high school. Oh yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, so I'm but, a. I'm a, we, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say. Now we have Chat GPT, which you know you can look up anything and oh, everything. Don't yeah. start yeah. with yes. that. Oh my gosh! I'm trying to stay on track here with actual real estate related <laughs> stuff, but you opened this door, Mandy. You opened this door, so we're gonna talk about Chat GPT well, hey, right now. I, mean, I I think it's an awesome tool for realtors to use, but you know. I, okay, we might I, be having a debate yeah. here. Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's an awesome tool. I want to, I want to get that out of the way right now. I think it's a good tool, but I think in some instances we're handing a machine gun to a baby. And were we not just talking about this yesterday, Mandy? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> totally agree on that part. Yeah. If you I mean, are, kids are yeah. like cheating on their tests. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's insane. And it's like, you know, I think what we're going to see happen is we're going to have so many kids that are going to be producing, you know, these college level term papers in high school mm -hmm. that just sound so good mm -hmm. that they can just flip around a few words here and there. And it's not going to stop it if the professor or teacher says you have to write it out because I would go the extra mile if I was a teenager. I would have chat, B chat GPT produce it for me and then I would write it out to make it look like I did it. Like yeah. I would go to that length. But yeah. I think what we're going to see is probably a lot of lab work where you have to actually show your work. You remember, mm -hmm. like in math, you mm -hmm. had to show yeah. how you came up with the answer. I think we're probably going to see a yeah. lot of that to counteract this kind of stuff because, you know, we were talking about this for, for stuff with church too. Um, 
So we've got a group of guys that kind of rotate speaking in our congregation from time to time. And, you know, we'll, we have to write our own sermons and stuff. And one guy just did an experiment where he just typed in ChatGPT, write me a sermon on the Holy Spirit or whatever. And it produced an actually uh -huh. a pretty good sermon it will. that was fairly <laughs> doctrinally sound and whatnot. But sometimes it twists yeah. certain scriptures. Like if you want it to prove a certain point, like it'll twist things and take things out of context. And like, it's, mm -hmm. it's scary, man. It's, it's like Skynet. It if you ever seen Terminator? Yes, Terminator. <laughs> my first, sorry, my rant's over after this. When it first got exposed to me and, and I was told what ChatGPT was, my initial response was this needs to be burned to the ground mm. and forgotten. Mm -hmm. Because I'm of the opinion that the benefit does not outweigh the risk. I'm thinking of the people who would use this and abuse it, not just to abuse others, but also it would abuse their own creativity, like what it would do to stunt young people's creativity Very true. because it's, you know, I'm thinking the benefits not worth the risk. And that's my problem with like unmitigated, like, like growth in technology. That's not mitigated by some kind of moral compass when it's just the energizer bunny. That's like, I don't know, full steam ahead. Let's just see what we can come up with. You get Skynet mm -hmm. every time. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let other people interject now. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. That was a bit no, much. It's no, it's good to, to have a stance on it. I mean, I just think that, you know, yesterday I put in, you know, write a listing description on a three bed, two bath in our mm -hmm. area. And literally it came up with this whole thing where, you know, I'm not the most creative person. I can barely draw a stick person. But, you know, it, that, that like helps me, yeah. you know, come up with some ideas. So I think it does have its place, but, mm -hmm. you know, I do think like maybe some age brackets or, you, you know, sure. like you have to have some censoring and some things like that. I mean, it literally was the fastest growing um, subscriber um, thing that has been out there. If you look at the history of Netflix, you look at the history of, Google or, you know, how many subscribers came on. I think it came, I think it got a million subscribers within five days of when it like started to take off. Wow. And now they have four versions of it. And like people are using it to shop for their groceries and what aisle to go to. And like, you know, there's, I think there's really good things to it, but it's also like, huh. okay, are we just going to like eventually rely on like, we're feeding all this information to this system and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I just pray that I'm not here, you know, once it starts going crazy, you know, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe the Lord will come back before that. So I'm, I'm praying for it. I'm praying for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I was actually, this is actually a, a deeper, yeah. a deeper conversation, but uh, you mentioned, you know, praying for the Lord to come back. Um, I was talking about this with my wife the other day, actually, the whole concept of being ready to die and that kind of thing. Cause you know, you, you, I'm approaching 30 now and it's like your, your view of, of death and the finality of life and all those kind of things. When you're a teenager, like you think you're invincible, mm -hmm. but I would argue teenagers are probably the most afraid of death, even though they feel they're invincible in the idea that they're unsure, their minds aren't mature about the whole concept. Whereas like the older you get, you feel more ready. Like you, you feel secure, especially if you have a, if you have a spiritual background. But I would say the only thing that prevents me from saying I'm ready to die is just the whole idea of I want my kids to be taken care of. Like yes. me personally, like yes. if I die, I just want to make sure that they're taken care of. There's good life insurance policy. My wife knows how to 
you know, like she stays at home right now, but she could go back to work if she wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I would want to make sure that there were things in place that she wouldn't have to work her tail off just to send the kids to daycare. And like, I want, I would want her lifestyle to remain as similar to it was whenever I was alive as possible, like that kind of thing. So Mandy, you didn't know that we were going to be talking about this and not just (laughs) transaction coordination, right? You're like, this isn't in my notes. (laughs) I knew as soon as I said it, you know, but I do feel that it's got the the pluses, you know, to it that, I mean, any real estate platform right Mm. now, any real estate Facebook page, I mean, even our TC page, we're doing um, a mastermind next week about it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just the, the item of, of discussion. And so, you know, we, we like to embrace change. We like to stay with the times. And that's, I think another value of us is like, you know, we're not just like, okay, here's the next file. You know, every, every transaction Mm -hmm. is so personal and has so many elements to it that we just, you know, we're always on our team meetings talking about, you know, what's happening and what's changing and what's the talk for this week and what, what problems are there and inspections and lenders and whatever. So we have a very um, close knit um, family. I like to call it uh, with our Mm -hmm. team and, you know, we're always um, chatting about this. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a hot topic, but I also think it's, you know, just, it can be controversial if you, if you let right. it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's here exactly. to stay. It's not going to get burned down because I said it should be burned down. And you know, <laughs> people are going to take, people are going to do what they want to with it. Like uh, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of substances, yeah. a lot of things in life that I wish I could burn down, but I'm not the arbiter of, of morality. So, you know, and, and that's good. I, I shouldn't be, but you know, yeah. I look at, I look at the chat GPT thing as a, I wouldn't call myself a creative person per se, but I probably lean more towards creativity than analytical and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever the other side of creativity is. Um, so I look at creative stuff as somewhat of a challenge that I want to do. So for instance, I've been trying to come up with like a series of video ideas that I can do for, you know, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, TikTok reels, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I like the idea of coming up with my own idea instead of typing into chat GPT, you know, Hey, come up with a social media idea for a trendy video for me. Although I probably would see the value in using it to say, Hey, chat GPT, what's a really trendy idea or a trendy topic right now? Like mm-hmm. to give me an overarching theme. And then from that theme, mm-hmm. let me pull from that, my idea of what specifically right. I would do in that case, I don't see it as any different than, um, the encyclopedia, the encyclopedia Britannica right in front of me <laughs> that I can just pull what I want out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So with and that, that's really I would take kind of a, how yeah. I use it. Okay. You know, chat GBT. If I think, okay, like for instance, yesterday we were working on some drip campaign stuff and mm. I typed in, you know, a couple of words about providing value to real estate agents as a transaction coordinator. So it came up with all kinds of information and I was like, oh, okay, so these are some of the topics that I had never thought about putting into a drip Mm. campaign. So let me pull a little bit from this and a little bit from this and then create something based on those Mm -hmm. those items. Yeah, I think if you can use it in that way where it's it's like a pseudo book, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like there's unknown number of books out there on any given thing that you need help with. Mm -hmm. If you can frame your use of it like you would a book that you're searching for a for a certain kind of knowledge out Mm -hmm. of. Then I would say I'm I'm probably less my torch isn't lit 
but it's it's oiled up and it's ready to go. Like <laughs> like the moment you, the moment it gets out of line, I'm I'm throwing it into throwing the server. Yeah, yeah. I'm throwing it into the server. But um, Mandy, can you tell that I'm an old soul? <laughs> I love it because when you say you're approaching thirty, I'm like, man, I, I'm approaching forty this year, and I'm like, oh, I'm oh. So old. oh, I'm the old going one back here to then. my thirties. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's all, you know, what I, what I hate is whenever you're sitting there in a group of people, especially old, old dudes, this, this is always the case. If a guy approaching 30 in a group of men starts to talk about, you know, um, anything relative to his oldness, like, you know, I'm starting to say that 10 years ago, this happened 20 years ago, this happened. Like you bring up something that's a new struggle to you. An older guy can't resist saying, uh, just wait until you're 50, son. It's going to get a whole lot worse. I'm like, can you not let me have my moment? Like, right. Like, uh, this is this is a struggle that's really real to me right now. You've had your th- like, he, but he probably thinks like when he was 30, that happened to him. Right. You know. Right. Is is that the same? Like in a, in a group of ladies, does that happen to y'all? Is that the same thing? Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, privy I to would, those conversations. I would say so. so. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, do you, like when you were approaching 30, did you come up, did you say something about, oh man, I'm worried about this or that. And then did some 50, 50, 60 year old say, oh dear, you know, just, just you wait or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah. Probably more so around kids, you know, having kids and things of that oh, sort yeah. you know, where you hear it a lot. Yeah. Just, just wait until they're a teenager, you know. I've got you know, Mandy. Any <laughs> thoughts on that? I'm trying not to exclude you too much, Mandy, because I, I know it's no, it's I, it's hard, it's hard without the visual feedback because you know you're you can't yeah. like go uh and about to say something and I can see your you know your your facial cue that you're about to say something. So I want to give you ample opportunity. No, I I am totally good. Yeah, no, you guys covered that topic really well. So and you know. With ChatGPT, et cetera. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we exhausted <laughs> ChatGPT pretty well. Uh, so, um, all, back on the transaction coordination side of things, um, do y'all have like a a thing in the industry that is your least favorite thing to do? Like, it's the one thing that if you could outsource, you wish you could. Like, I know that would be weird if it was just continual <laughs> chain of outsourcing. Like, okay, realtor outsources this to transaction coordination, transaction coordination outsources this mm-hmm. to ChatGPT. Yeah. ChatGPT, I'm kidding, by the way, about that. But you get what I mean. Like, I what's, totally the, get. what's the most monotonous, annoying thing that you would just get rid of? So for me, okay, I'll, when I first started my original company back in... 2017, my goal was not to ever do transactions. I didn't want to do transactions. Okay. I wanted to start it. I wanted to start a business of transaction coordinators uh-huh. to do transactions for agents. Oh, okay. So I did transactions for six months and then I was like, mm-mm. Okay. I'm done with transactions. So for I'm you, it's the whole thing. Transactions. Okay. It's the whole, it's the whole ship then with you. Yeah. Okay. No transactions for Stephanie. All right. No. Yeah. What's <laughs> so, so back to what we said, what's the most monotonous thing? All of it. Every bit of it. The transaction coordinating. <laughs> wow. Like you're the, you're the, um, uh, what's the, what's the word in like investing, that person that just throws a lot of money at a company mm-hmm. to start it up, they have a name for it. There's like a certain, 
a mogul or something like you're the person that looks at a business mm-hmm. that you want to build up. Mm-hmm. You're just more, you're more interested in the, in the back end spreadsheet. Like, is it operating, mm-hmm. building it up kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I yeah. see. The, the creative mind on how to get it all going and flowing and, okay. and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then also getting to see the joy from the agents on how we've helped them grow their business. Okay. I like that. So. Mandy, what about you? What's, what's the bane of your transaction existence? Uh, I will definitely say um, when, when I was doing transactions myself, cause I wasn't as blessed as Stephanie, I had to, you know, build from the ground up. And so, um, leveraged myself out of transactions, um, within a year of having the business, but still that year taught me so many things and so many blessings, um, to be able to help the team even to this day. But I will say two things. One is short sales. Um, that was in back when I was when doing short sales, it was a very, very long process. Um, you know, it take a year to close a transaction because of, you know, the bank and, you know, it not, um, <laughs> them not, you know, we used to have to fax pages over and updated bank statements and updated things, um, you know, just to get the bank mm-hmm. to come back with a counter. Um, so that was crazy. And then, um, I will say that you can tell when people are not passionate about what they do. And it's really hard to ask like a lender or title company or even another agent. Sometimes I, um, I just dislike when people don't communicate. So, you know, that's just something for, for me, you know, it got frustrating. I could have to ask a lender for something six times and I'm like, why can you just respond to the first email or the first phone call? So, Mm -hmm. you know, communication is so big on our team. And when other people, um, you know, or we have some people are like, I'm not going to copy you because you're just a TC. And it's like, okay, well, I can appreciate that, but you're going to want to copy us because we're going to help you, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, just um, continually uh, solidifying the transaction role in, in the community and mm-hmm. in real estate, et cetera, because, uh, you know, we, uh, we love being able to be there and be helpful, but, um, you know, and, and sometimes when the agent doesn't respond, they'll finally respond back to us. But yeah, I will say that that is just like an Achilles heel for me is yeah. like, just text or just email or just give me something. Just so. respond. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get called annoying so. because we email too much. And it's like, respond. Yeah. Just I mean, respond. So, so <laughs> do you want to see how many unread emails I have? No. On my phone. No, you sure? it would give me a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're mostly they're predominantly junk. So I mean that's but it's just the fact yeah. that they're unread. Mm-hmm. Some people still can't stand that too. It's like I don't care if they're junk emails. Yeah. I hate the red bubble. Are y'all mm-hmm. both red bubble haters? Yes. Mandy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mandy probably more so than me. Really? I know Mandy has to clear out her email every day. You clear out your email every day, Mandy. Well, I categorize, so oh I've got, well, oh my. some days, some, I, you know, uh, I can't stay in a red bubble on my phone, so I have to at least look at that, but I have so many people coming at me on a daily yeah. basis. I mean, we have 24 people on our team and I coach 20 other TC business owners. And so 
on top, I have to make sure like I haven't missed somebody or I haven't not, like, once again, communication is such a big thing to me. If you reach out to me, I'm going to reach back out to you. At least like, I got it. I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's schedule that, whatever it may be. So if I don't, if I'm not on top of my stuff, like my whole world in one day could, I could have a thousand emails in my inbox by the next day. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So I, yeah. I exaggerate with a thousand, but you know what I mean? Like, right. So I definitely have to, um, have to do that. I mean, we have a chat system we use within our team and I have to make sure, you know, like did someone get their question answered and are we, you know, we're on top of this. So, you know, we have a great support system within our team. Um, but, um, you know, I gotta always, um, check my, you know, make sure I've communicated back with everybody. It's really, really important, um, to me and to the business. So, yeah, I think the, the advent of the, the like button, on the on the iPhone, at least, like mm-hmm. you know how. Mm-hmm. And Mandy, oh, yeah. you're, you're calling exactly. from an iPhone, aren't you? So yes. yeah, uh-huh. okay. So you're you're in the ecosystem, like the whole advent of being able to like, <laughs> laugh, and um, this is another part of my old soul here too. Is that that just decreases the amount of effort that we have to put forth to react to people? Like we don't actually have to laugh mm-hmm. at messages anymore. Mm-hmm. We can just ha ha it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just another layer of loling, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, it's like, do y'all think? Uh, and this is a deeper question, and I'm really curious to get y'all's input on this. Do you think that the the fast-paced nature of the world that we live in necessitates the evil of, and I call it an evil, but and y'all may disagree with me on it, and that's fine, but necessitates the evil of more superficial levels of communication like this, where it's just, oh, yeah, I saw your message, like it. Oh, yeah, I saw your message, haha. I didn't really laugh out loud, but, you know, I LOL'd, not really. Like, do you think because the world is so fast paced and we're demanding um, reactive communication in the moment because our jobs are so fast paced and because the world of business is so fast paced, do you think that's what made it to this point where we have these superficial levels of communication? For sure. Yeah. There are days where I wish we no longer had cell phones. I'm right there with you. If it wasn't necessary for my business, I would exactly. have a I would have a flip phone at the least. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. You know, none of that technology because it's so distracting. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it in my kids. My kids are grown. I mean, my daughter she'll be twenty one mm-hmm. in April. Really? She's the baby, oh, and my. you know, I see it in in them all the time. With they've got their phone on them all the time, and it's mm-hmm. ping, 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 yeah. ping, ping. It's like. How do you not have, you know, we're in a normally distracted world now. I mean, there is a distraction every second of the day. Yeah. No matter, I mean, and typically it's coming from our cell phones. Yeah. Right there. I mean, the, <laughs> there yes, went, right now, bing. right now. Yes. I mean, that's as I was talking to you earlier, I had an agent messaging me needing to know because uh, I called out a plumbing leak on a house two days ago or yesterday, mm-hmm. actually. And it was a specific kind of leak. And I, I put in the report exactly where it was. But I get it. You know, you're an agent. Sometimes you, you don't have time to look through the report and find it. I get mm-hmm. that. I'm not criticizing that at all. But, you know, it's because we have this advent of instant communication. We have become very impatient. Yes. And that's so, I mean, I want to say, I want to be sympathetic because mm-hmm. I'm that way too. I don't want to judge the other person that's being, that's being impatient and say, right. you shouldn't do that because I do the same thing. Well, yeah, we all do naturally now. But I do wish that there was a more collective effort to just slow down. And 
we don't need every little bit of communication that instantly. But exactly. I don't know how you combat that. Before we before we keep going, Mandy, like what what's your thoughts on that too? Yeah, I mean, we do live in an instant world, you know, and that's one of the things that we get asked, you know, are you guys available 24-7? And I'm a huge proponent that we are not. I yeah. mean, I see some TCs offering that and it's like, if there's no work-life balance and there's no shutoff, like, what what is the longevity for that? I mean, we're in this business, you know, for... Um, as long as, you know, this business is around, you know, we're in this forever, but, you know, I see TCs burning themselves out because they're quote unquote available, you know, nights and weekends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just becoming like a topic and, you know, we, we just won't do that. Um, because, you know, we do have families and we do need to just have and stop and have enjoyment of life. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, we're not sitting here just work or, um, working our life away. Although I'm a workaholic and I love working, um, yeah. but, you know, um, I do, I do have to separate things and put my phone down. And, you know, when I'm out with my husband or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's respectful and I just try not to be on it the whole time. But, you know, I, every time I go out somewhere, you know, um, uh, people are, I mean, husband and wife out to dinner and they're on their phone the whole time. And, you know, there's a time and place for it or whatever. But my husband and I just really try not to do that because that's really just the time that I get to disconnect and not think about work for, you know. Hats uh, off to you for doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's that's good. yeah. And I try not to let, you know, the business, I try to separate the business because I could sit here and worry about things 24 seven, but you know, through growth and just working on myself, some it's just helped me not to, to bring that home with me. Although I just, you know, I work from home so I can, you know, just walk out to the kitchen and, and, uh, you know, separate myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, um, I, I do, but back to the communication thing that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I am thankful for cell phones and I am thankful for email, but you know, I, I do like the fact that we can have just the like buzz button so we can just acknowledge things rather than me having to come up with a whole text or right, right. like a whole response. Like I do like that, that, but like we're sitting, we're sitting here doing and, and walking alongside of people doing one of the biggest things they do in their life is buying a home. Mm-hmm. And so like, we want to make sure that we're available and that people are meeting those deadlines and like there's money involved. Like if you don't meet a deadline, like it could be thousands of dollars that you miss. And so, you know, it's communication is just so, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, especially through the process. I mean, people are just, you know, they have all these questions and they're wanting to know what's next and they're so excited, you know? And so we just, are here to be like a non-emotional party to the transaction, but mm-hmm. we're just making sure that everybody's doing their job and right. making sure there's that de- those deadlines are met. So yeah, I don't care if the lender gives us a like or whatever, uh-huh. or the title company or whoever, if they, as long as we get a response, like, yeah, we're good. You've got one yeah. approval or whatever. Like, I don't care how you tell me, just make sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure on those, on those things that just, that just necessitate a, a head nod or a, right. okay. I'm, I'm totally fine with that for Agreed. sure. Um, right. But you know, it's, it's also, you think about it too, that the home buying process, it has become as fast as all the institutions around it have sped up as well. Mm-hmm. You think about, Mm -hmm. Um, so this also shows some of my 
nerdy interest. I'm, I'm a big video game guy. Um, and I love a particular, oh. a particular game called uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, where there's a particular scene in the game where the main character is buying a homestead. Um, and in that particular scene, you know, he's signing the paperwork at the bank and it's, it's in 1907 is where the game is set. He's, mm. he's buying, it's, it's an old Western type game. And it got me to thinking, you know, back then when you bought a house, the process was as fast as the Pony Express went. Mm-hmm. It was as fast as the the letter got from the bank to the higher institution. Your payment was due as fast as the horse could get from A to B. And so people were probably less impatient because the world around them wasn't as fast mm-hmm. and wasn't as impatient. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to like all the little institutions that move just uh, – and it's amazing that it happens that way is that all these institutions around one particular thing like buying a house seem to somehow move just as fast as the home buying process as well. Like none of them are slower than the other to right. me. Now, you do have individuals who might be you know, behind with some technology. You might still have small town title companies. <laughs> oh, is this a point of contention? <laughs> Is this, is this, a, yeah, it's, it's got old, old, old Mrs. Smith works at the front desk and she'll get back to you when she can. When she's she not can. in today. She's had her bunions and they've been bothering her there lately. <laughs> Has this happened? Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we get that from time to time too. And it's like, you, you know. Greatest generation. I want to be respectful. I, For sure. I, I do. I For do. sure. But there's times where it's like. Get out of the lane. Get out mm-hmm. of the move over. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's the fast lane. There's the slow lane. There's a reason we have the two. Mm-hmm. But exactly. You know, and I don't mean that to sound well, insensitive. Says fax but, machine. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. No, I was done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say when someone says fax machine on our end, we just all cringe on our whole team. We're oh, like, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. somebody hit that fax machine. Yes, oh. yes. So and I certainly remember those oh. days with the short sales. I mean, that was yeah, brutal. Having to fax 72 plus pieces of paper mm-hmm. and then they don't get it. Oh, my word. And then you have to fax it again. So uh, in 08, when you first got in and you were selling, you were selling real estate, mm-hmm. right? In 08. Mm-hmm. And Mandy, you were TCing or real estating in 08? I had just got my license. So I was, I was doing a little bit of both. Okay. So in 08, like describe to me like typical communications, like just pull from the reaches of your brain, a daily life of showing houses and communication with the various parties back then. Like, what was it like? How different was it? Um, goodness, 15 years ago mm-hmm. compared to now, like just describe to me the the differences for somebody who didn't, who in 08, his biggest worry was when's the new Xbox game coming out or when's the, you know, <laughs> I got to replace the batteries on my controller or are there enough chips in the pantry, you know? Right, right. So yeah. what was it well, like? Well, for me, it's going to be totally different than probably a traditional real estate agent mm-hmm. just because I was in up to my ears in short sales. Okay. That's all I did from 2008 to 2010 was short sales. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was the ancient communication with faxing. To really? the short sale lenders. Still in 08. Yes. It, like a year after the iPhone comes out, we're still sending faxes. Yes. That's amazing that you yes. can have a piece of technology like the iPhone right next to the fax machine. Mm-hmm. And both of them are being utilized mm-hmm. at light speed. 
Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. What else? So, I mean, that's really, oh, like, I don't remember that well. Okay. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy, your memory. We need you back. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember yeah. the faxes. <laughs> that's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually started in real estate when I should say we, we joke about it in our family because I'm a third generation realtor. My grandfather ran Century 21 offices. And so I was raised by my grandparents and I started in diapers and we joke about it. Not really. But my first job was sitting and doing like MLS entry and stuff for agents when I was 18. And so and then I went on to college and got my license and those things. But, you know, we always had like the pink slips of like the message that came in and people would work off of pagers and you know, they would have those things. And then of course, then we led to the iPhone and, and pieces like that. So, um, I mean, I started when real estate, like they would drop stuff off and the MLS was in a book and literally oh you got a new book every week. So, um, but in 08, during this, this short sale time, I mean, yes, the technology, I mean, they did have, it was just so slow, you know, like everything was just such a process. So, I mean, you did have like lock boxes and some automation and some pieces like that. But, um, you know, everything that I did was we, we didn't have a system really like e-signatures were just kind of a thing coming out. But mm -hmm. like, you know, we'd have to like mail some things by actual physical mail for somebody to sign and then they have to mail them back, you know, or um, just everything was manual on paper. Like I used to have like uh, a binder of each file and like all the notes on it, my checklist and my task list. So when I started, everything was manual. Mm -hmm. And then I soon realized like, this is not scalable. I can't hire anybody. <laughs> They're not going to know what this is. And so, you know, um, and now we have, you know, a system that we use and it's, it's awesome. And you know, that, the team's always like, Mandy, I don't know how you did it on paper. And I'm like, I don't either. It just, you know, <laughs> was just at the time, it just, you know, made yeah. sense. But mm -hmm. I would say, you know, that, that biggest part is the system that the banks used was just like, oh my gosh, the data entry on it and just the clicks you had to take in order to get to, you know, actually even the hours you'd have to spend on hold to talk to the negotiator at the bank and, I mean, I just, I knew, I know title companies at that time, they literally had a short sale negotiator just to sit on the phone from the time they came into the office till the time they left, just to try to get them on the phone to get an update on the file to give to everybody. And they would provide updates on a weekly basis. But I mean, it was so, the process was so slow. Mm -hmm. so, I can imagine. It was. So on all that, oh, go hard. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, so on the, on the paper, was, on the paper hard. thing, um, do you remember like what it was like to get inspection reports back then? What, what did that look like? Were they actually handwritten reports in 08 or were they typed out? Or? Oh, they, I think they were typed out. Okay. If, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, one of the things sort I did of, remember. I mean, go ahead, Mandy. They didn't do photos. I was just going to say the, that's the true. They didn't do photos. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Not, was not anywhere like photos. Um, that we have now and then embedded in the report and all that right. I mean, they were like a separate little, you know, SD drive that you've got, you know, oh, wow. the inspection, like, okay, here's your photos. <laughs> so go decipher them. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Like that would take, that would take so long for me today. Cause mm -hmm. everything I do on my, on my inspection, like I did an inspection this morning 
on a 3,100 square foot house. It was a new build, so it was pretty easy. But I got the report done and pictures, live video of issues that I found, everything documented down to the location, macro, micro photos to give you a close up, backup, all done from my phone, start to finish. I got it done in an hour 45, two hours. Wow. And it's like, you know, you can, you know, the fact that you spend a lot of time doing anything anymore is not proof that you're doing a good job of it. Agreed. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, because, because there's so many tools that you can get it done so quick. It's you're thinking you should get done quicker, you know, either you don't know how to use the technology, which is fine. There's a learning curve. I get Mm -hmm. that. But man, I, I can't imagine having to type my reports out word for word, um, or even I remember I remember actually running into a guy in Dallas who his trek number. So you know, like you know how you can tell how oh, long yeah. an agent has yes. been in the business, you yes. look at their trek number. Mm-hmm. Um this guy, his trek inspector number was seven hundred and fifty something. So three digits, you know, like you know, you know you're running mm-hmm. into an old dude. Um, and I say dude just because the majority is guys in the business, but <laughs> old guy or gal um yeah. in the business if you run into a four digit. Mm-hmm. But Three digits. Three, yeah. He was doing it in the eighties. Wow! Like, like they wow. still had the the thing on top of the camera that had the flash, and you had to replace it. You know, like like out of the, the Al Capone <laughs> oh movies or whatever. Yes, it's just insane. <laughs> yes. and, and that guy remembered different. It was cool to talk to him too because he remembered different crashes of the market and oh, how yeah. and how the inspectors um, dealt with it. So he was there when the market crashed in was it eighty seven or eighty eight that. The market took a big dip. That sounds about right because I think that's when my parents bought a house and the interest rate was like super. 16% yeah, I or think, something. Yeah, I was thinking 18% yeah. or something like that. So he was there during that. He was there during uh, um, 9-11, during that crash. He was there uh, in 08 too. And, you know, he's still mm-hmm. inspecting today. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. That's wow. That's a lot. Yeah. And and he uses new new software too. Like he uses. Oh, a so new, he's up to date now. He's, yeah, he's up to date. Well, good and for he's, him. And he's a di- he's a dinosaur yeah. with a Bluetooth headset, basically. Nice. You know. But anyway, you were about to say <laughs> yeah. something. No, I was just gonna say one other thing that I remembered. Um, you know, kind of old school was when realtors would bring over three copies of the contract to your brokerage <laughs> office. Oh wow! Yeah, hand delivered. <laughs> to your office. So you get one, the lender gets one and the title company gets one. And, Mm. and they did that for even years, even after email Mm. was prominent, but I think it was just habit from kind of these old school realtors. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd show up at the office with three or four copies of the signed contract and I'm like, huh? Shred. Yeah. Thank. It. Oh, yes. Yes. It's like it's like I when you get. I don't want the paper. <laughs> it's like when you get a phone. You all still get phone books in your mail. Yes. Mandy, do you still get phone books? <laughs> Once in a while. Yes. It's like thank you for giggle. printing a portion of the internet for me to throw away. Yes. yes. Yeah. I remember, you know when we were kids, the the phone book was gigantic. You know, oh, like three goodness. inches thick or and something. And you actually used it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like. A quarter inch thick. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're running out of people who are actually listed, uh-huh. um, who actually have home numbers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, oh, goodness, what uh, what was I about to say about the phone book thing? Um, oh, yeah. It's, you know, you have these um, these big climate activists and these big environmental activists. And 
I wouldn't call myself like a major activist. Like I, I try to throw away my trash and I try to, you know, recycle when I can. I'm not one of these people that's just out there picketing for this kind of stuff. But it, I would if, if I were to offer some advice to that community, I would think go after the phone book companies. Mm -hmm. Go after the companies that are sending all this trash mail. Mm -hmm. It's like all the I, junk postcards. Like, why, why are you getting on to me for yeah. not driving a Tesla? Yeah. When when you got these companies that are just, you know, killing trees left and right. I'm like I bought a remarkable. I'm doing my part. I'm, I, I bought the thing. Have you? Do y'all have? Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, you know, know what, what I'm talking, talking about. about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now the lithium batteries. Harder, from, not harder. Yes. Now the lithium <laughs> batteries from that remarkable might cause some problems. You know, with the whole landfill thing. Mm. But you know, mm -hmm. to each their own. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, tr I y'all can tell I try to keep it not all about business on mm -hmm. this. I try to mm -hmm. rotate between things. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've done a, I think we've done a good job of circling around the transaction coordination, real estate, and some personal stuff, but I do want to get into some more personal stuff. So I'm an extremely nostalgic person. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of my faults. Like I'm nostalgic to a fault. I'm to the point where, uh, like with video games, particularly if they release a remaster of a game that I played as a kid, I'm going to buy it. If they if there's a retro console that I can buy, I want to get it so I can re-experience those moments that I did as a kid. And this is just kind of a thought exercise I like to do with some guests. But when it comes to nostalgia and things that you remember as a kid or growing up that you have a longing for, like a simpler time, is there something that sticks out to you, whether it be in business or in life, that you see in contrast to the way things are now that you wish you could go back, that you could just pull a little bit of that back from the 80s, the 90s, wherever, and put it today and experience it again. Saturday morning cartoons. My jam. I love it. <laughs> love some Smurfs. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so you have memories of sitting down Saturday morning with the kids or with the family or mm -hmm. like, was that with the kids? When or, I was or a we, kid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. But when your kids were growing up, they probably still had. They were starting to kind of, it was starting to kind of linger mm -hmm. away yeah. a little bit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. Smurfs, Recess, was that around mm -hmm. back then? I don't think so. Okay. No. Uh, Rugrats. Nope, not for me. Really? I'm almost 45. Oh. <laughs> That's not I, that bad. I, I feel you, Jackson. <laughs> I had Rugrats. Oh, yeah. My kids had Rugrats. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mandy, what about you? What's your? Is it Saturday morning cartoons, or is there something else that sticks out to you? Um, definitely the Saturday morning cartoons, I would say, um, is, is a great memory. We had like Animaniacs and oh, man. all that kind of stuff. Um, I really wasn't allowed to watch that stuff, but um, yeah. some of it I couldn't watch. Um, but, um, I will just say, you know, I think the theme is just the simpler life, right? Like, I feel like when we took vacations, it was different or, you know, like we'd actually like travel as a family and go places and not just this. Um, now I just feel like, you know, you literally have to put your phone somewhere else. So you're not, you know, distracted or, or whichever. So right. I'm not saying not to have cell phones, but sure. you know, just the, just the uh, simpler life and, and the expectation of always being on. Um, cause yeah. I think, mm -hmm you know, for myself, like you have to have that time to unplug. Like I, I don't, I don't work unless work well, unless I get some time to do that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we used to travel, um, 
to Michigan every year because that's where our family was. And we stopped in Tennessee. So we have amazing memories in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is just one of our, our family legacies places. But we used to have those mad lips, you know, when we used to, you know, travel in the car and used to do the things and you had all the games in the car. There was yeah. no cell phones, mm-hmm. there was nothing. And, um, you know, you would come up with, all the different words and to, you know, describe yourself or whatever at Cracker Barrel, wherever you stopped or wherever. So those are some, some good memories of, um, you know, but I'm thankful that we have Google maps and things like yeah. that now driving through mountains. That's, that's an amazing thing. But, oh yeah. Love um, it. You know, but I love, um, I do miss, um, a, a simpler, a simpler life, but you know, that's really the driving force. This year, so. Yeah, that's really the driving mm-hmm. force behind nostalgia for a lot of people mm-hmm. is just the long to return to something simpler. And I think yeah. that's, you know, because when you're, especially when you're a kid, um, you remember those things and you remember how fun they were, but you were a kid and you really weren't aware of the complexity of life around you. Right. Like the adults at mm-hmm. that time aren't nostalgic for the nineties the way that you are Mm -hmm. because they were experiencing what we're experiencing right now in proportion to the simplicity that they grew up with. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just a, a big, a big cycle. You know, I mean, there are people in the forties probably longing for the simplicity of the twenties or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure it's all relative compared to what generation you're from. But I'll tell you one thing I really miss renting a video from a store and and (laughs) like getting a pizza from the store next door Mm -hmm. and like it being a Mm -hmm. it being a ritual almost and you know like you you would uh you know and and you didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. movies back then there was no like instant information of this is a good movie Mm -hmm. Ah, this is actually a bad movie don't watch it you had to find out for yourself Mm -hmm. you had to formulate your own opinion Nowadays, you sign on to Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and if you have even an inclination in your phone search history of movies or pop culture or whatever, social media is going to push those movie reviews to you. Like Mm -hmm. you can tell this is what I deal with. Like Mm -hmm. I get constant movie reviews shoved down my throat and I watch them and it ruins my ability to go in with a fresh perspective on a lot of things. Makes sense. Yeah. But I remember going to the to the movie store. Like it wasn't even a blockbuster. It was like a local town mm-hmm. type thing, renting the new movies for a buck and renting the older movies for like 50 cents yeah. for like two days or whatever. Yeah. And finding mm-hmm. the change in the couch to go get it. I would get airheads, um, milk duds. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's the best. All the goods. It was such a good time. Yeah. 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 yeah my husband and I have talked about yeah. getting back to simplicity. Yeah. And, you know, we thought we were going to have a wild hair and and move to some different country where life is just more simple. But yeah, mm, hasn't happened. Obviously, you know, the U.S. is pretty nice. It's got its ups and downs. It does, and there's pockets of it that are pretty simple, mm-hmm. and you can make your own simple pocket if you want to. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, okay. I mean, it's a what's the term? They call it a megalopolis, where it's just like an endless urban sprawl from one place to another. We don't have that here in Lubbock, Mm-mm. but. You know, like the the DFW area, the Houston area. Well, well, some people call the current megalopolis is like uh, the DFW connected to like the Tyler, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, all that area. Kind of just central and Gulf Coast Texas mm-hmm. is all just one big urban area. And it's like, yeah, if you live there, I'm sure you would probably be major longing for simplicity. Oh, yeah. But yeah. even in a place like Lubbock, like you can – because – 
you can you could live in the country and still be inundated with all the all the modern comforts of the world as long as you got internet. Yeah, and that's how we are. I mean, we live yeah. outside of you know outside of town, and yeah. So, but obviously, we still have our internet. I work from home. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's probably the one thing that keeps me from moving to the country is internet, like wanting to have good, fast internet. But I hear nowadays, like through, was it through Elon's internet? You can have like 50 megs or 100 megs or so. Like what speeds do you get? I have no idea. You don't know? I just know it works. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy, are you aware of your, of your internet speeds at least? I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, you I pay don't. for it every month. You got to know what it's. I have what, no idea. Oh, goodness. My, my husband takes care of that stuff. As long, He knows as long as it's working good. Okay. Yeah, he he's, he's the brains of that side. I have no. He's the techie one when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm like, as long as it works and I can get on my Zoom or I can mm -hmm. get on my call, I'm, I'm good. Agreed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, as far as the business is concerned, do y'all have, uh, do y'all ever think about this whole idea of, of retirement versus, um, building something that sustains itself after you're no longer working and you're kind of just stepping back into a, a managerial role in your later years? Like as far as like, do you envision yourself being in t transaction coordination at a traditional retirement age and then just retiring? Or do you envision it kind of like a thing of where it's a business you run up to an age and then you just step back as an owner and collect a paycheck? Mandy, I'll let you go first on that one. Okay. Yeah. So I would definitely say that like real estate is my passion. It's in my blood. And so I have no intentions of going anywhere, et cetera. I, like I said, I love working. I'm, you know, um, it's, it's definitely awesome um, in our business. So as long as realtors are here on this planet, you know, we will still exist. But I do believe in um, having multiple streams of income mm -hmm. and, and building upon that. Um, and so my husband owns an AC business that I help him with. And, um, you know, I coach other TC business owners. So, you know, I have that piece and then our Facebook page and we do conferences and we do retreats with other TC business owners across the country. So like my, my foundation is our business, right? Our, our transaction coordination business. But then beyond that, you know, it's just really cool to be able to take what I've learned and the mistakes and the failures I've had to be able to help other TCs in other right. areas. And so that's like my bigger, like I have a degree in psychology, so I love helping people. I love talking. I love, you know, um, coaching with them and consulting with them. And so I just have a real passion for businesses and women entrepreneurs, you mm -hmm. know, women owned businesses, men too, but predominantly on, on, on the admin side, you know, we're predominant women. So, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, I, that's just the demographic. I love being able to yeah. Do that. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's kind of like the bigger vision of, mm -hmm. of it. And ultimately, yes, I would love to only be like a consultant in it or a manager, you know, like a still owner, but, you know, yeah. not running the day to days on, on it. But, um, you know, with technology and everything, like, you know, we started doing courses and stuff for TCs as well. So uh, there's not a lot of education out there, you know, how to become a transaction coordinator or yeah. what do I do or, you know, how do I do this? And so we don't have like anything we're governed by or, or any of those pieces. So it's kind of like home inspectors, you know, back in the day, like, you know, 
you didn't have to um, have certain things with the board. I mean, you mm-hmm. didn't have to be registered or go through any of those licenses or, you know, licensed or unlicensed or whatever. So um, there's kind of that happening in the TC world right now as the industry continues to grow and, um, you know, I'm just trying to embrace and, and help as many people as I can right. um, on this side. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a, I actually saw a thing about an inspector back in the day, you know, before there was governing licensing bodies and all that kind of stuff. There was a picture of him and he was like from the thirties or something. It was like just a, it was just a, a piece of marketing material. And he had like a little flashlight and the, and a clipboard with a notepad and it was pretty old school, mm-hmm. but the dude looked like a mobster. Like he had a hat on <laughs> that was like a full on, like the old school fedora that wasn't nice. like the short brim, but like the, the like, have you all seen the Godfather? Yes. Okay. Like what Virgil Salazzo yeah. wears, and it wasn't white, but it was like, it was big. And it was like, he almost looked like a Miami gangster, almost like old school stuff. And it was like, is this guy inspecting your house or is, is that going to be your new uniform? Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you if I showed up with that, I would get more business. I bet you would too. I would be, I would be the eccentric home inspector. So Stephanie, like retirement plans, anything like that? Like, what do you, what do you envision? So I'm I'm a lot like Mandy uh-huh. um, in that aspect. In you know I do believe in multiple you know uh, mm-hmm. avenues of different income coming in. Um, I do love to to consult, do the consult with people and mm-hmm. things of that sort. That's one thing that Mandy and I, or you know, I want to get with Mandy more on and kind of build that out more, so I can kind of go in hand in hand with her and mm-hmm. start coaching transaction coordinators as well um just so i can get to love on people right you know so that would be a stream of income there but my goal would be not to be in the day to day activity eventually right um mandy and i have um obviously we talk a lot and we've come up with a couple of different ideas and we've actually started a new service that we've we've pushed out which really we think is going to be very um very interesting and cool to watch is it on the hush hush grow Mandy, is it on the hush, hush, hush? Do you want me to mention it or no? It's okay if you don't if you don't want That's to. That's up to you. No, okay. That's up to you. So we're offering ISA services for realtors. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So we would do their lead generating for them. Wow. Agents hate to lead generate, right? <laughs> I, I've I've never met one that doesn't just jump at jump for joy. I know, at, right? At the, or, I, or I've never met one that doesn't jump for joy yeah. at the opportunity to just call people that don't want to hear anything from them from eight to 10 or whatever. And exactly. Yeah. They love cold calling and all that. So we are, Mm -hmm. we are in a beta test right now. Okay. Um, We have found the person. It's always the challenge, right? Is finding the person that wants to make those calls. Yeah. We have found her and we're building the service around her. And we've got several agents who have signed up with us to kind of beta test that with us. Right. So for me, that would be a a, um, a passive stream of income for me. Right, is, is that piece there? So yeah, you know, creating several different legs mm-hmm. per se of opportunity within our transaction coordinating business that can that's you very know, interesting pull in yeah additional income sources. And then obviously, my husband and I want to get into investing in mm-hmm. real estate. He owns a remodeling company, uh-huh. um, so he does construction and things of that sort. So right. We really want to get to a point where we can flip our own homes instead of him going out and remodeling other people's homes. Right. Yeah. So. 
I like it. It'd yeah. be very interesting to see where that goes. That's a that's a very outside the box. I, I, it's outside the box, but yet still inside the box in some ways. Exactly. Like it's it, it's just another thing that they need help with that you're putting under it your is. roof. And that's what we want to be is we mm. want to be the one resource for realtors to go to yeah. for anything and everything that they need in their business. Right. So do you think a model like that would be most successful um, with your more superficial leads, if I can call them that, like your online leads, your cold calls, and not so much the people they go to church with, the people that they go to the coffee shop with. Because, you know, I'm thinking of a system like that, thinking, hey, this is so-and-so ISA with yada yada transaction company. And it's like their second cousin's best friend, like somebody within their sphere. Yeah. So you would probably focus that on those spheres it's more based so. on the online organic leads okay and cold calls like so they hope if they host an open house and they have a list that they come back with from the open right. house they can give the open house list to the isa she can call on that list right. nurture them get appointments scheduled mm-hmm. get them situated ready to go right and then she schedules the appointment with the client and the agent whether it be a listing appointment a buyer appointment or mm-hmm. just a property tour nice I like it. Mm-hmm. Mandy, any thoughts? Well, it's just really all about leveraging the agent's time again, right? So, yeah. like, you know, leverage is just such a powerful tool. And so anything we can do to help the agents with their listings, with their contracts. And then this part just kind of opened this opportunity for Stephanie and I and, you know, um, just seeing what it's going to turn into. And Right. Um the online world, you know, so many agents just quote unquote think they have a database and bless their heart. They, they do. But you know, the last time they called somebody, you know, might not be what they actually tell us. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, and, and I'm not a cold call person myself either. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't sell real estate, but if you sell real estate, that's kind of part of like, you yeah. gotta do something. I mean, whether it's door knocking or calling or unless you, you just know, so know a ton help. of people, you know, mm-hmm. right, right. Especially with this changing market, I mean, you gotta just go back to the basics with it, and, yeah, and make some calls. And um, you know, it's just helping with that other piece of balance. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, we we found the amazing person to do it, and she loves it. That's and great. So it's already seems to be like it's going to be a really good tool for the agents that are doing the beta test with us. And it's just, you know, the, the average lead has to be called so quickly with they oh, say yeah. within three minutes, I think it yeah. is Stephanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, she, she's got the phone voice, like you have the radio voice, she has the <laughs> phone voice and it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. we're excited to see, where that could go and just I'm, offer more value to the realtors. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine right now what a phone voice is as opposed to a radio voice. <laughs> I've <laughs> been told that I have a phone voice. Okay. For years. Huh. I've been told that, that I have a very good okay. phone voice. Now, whether I, or not that's the case, 
Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Whether or not that's a compliment. I like, feel how do you like f- I sound like a country bunkin. So, <laughs> you, know. you know. You know, the actual definition of country bumpkin, like a bumpkin, the mm-hmm. word bumpkin is where we get our definition for the word redneck from. Oh. Like the actual <laughs> definition for bumpkin is akin to what the qualities of a redneck would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mandy, um, it's a it's a yeah. serious it's a serious potentially controversial question, but you know, as a podcaster, it's, oh, it's my it's my duty to ask controversial questions. Oh gosh, um, and to have controversial <laughs> opinions. But uh, Ooh, and, and then we're okay. going to end on a good on a on a on a uh, happy note that's not controversial at all. I promise. But um, you mentioned okay. about the majority being women, and were you talking about that in regards to transaction coordinators? Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're in a place right now where there's like this this huge divide between people on every side of every aisle that you could imagine, whether it's Democrats and Republicans, whether it's men and women, whoever. And it just seems like everywhere you turn that there's just people trying to pit you against each other that oh, men are better at this. Women are better at this or yada, yada. And mm-hmm. I've always just been of the opinion that we're just different, that there's no you know, there's no better, but there are certain things that I would rather trust to a female than I would to a man traditionally, just because of the way that we're wired and the way that we do things. And I just think about this in regards to transaction coordination. And I I see that the vast majority is female. Mm -hmm. And I also look in real estate and the women run circles around the men most of the time, whereas like 50, 60 years ago, it was probably the other way around in terms of numbers. And the way I look at it, and if I'm just being honest, because we all have qualities as men and women that we're just born with and that we just tend to develop over time. Um, I see it from a nurture standpoint that women tend to be better nurturers. Um, also, the whole joke about how, you know, your your husband is you ask your husband to go find something. He can't find it. What do you do? You go and you can find it within a few minutes. He's got man eyes. Yeah. And I've got man eyes. I've got man eyes. I've got dad brain. I've got husband brain. I forget things. And there's just the thing thing about ladies probably being much better at some of these organizational things, being able to see things maybe where the guys can't, maybe they got a blind spot. Like, do you think there are just certain characteristics that, that women have that make them more suited for this kind of role? I definitely do. Mm -hmm. Um, Mandy's over there like, oh, am I going to get canceled for this? <laughs> I no, definitely no, no, do. No, I mean, no, it's. No. I'm just thinking of the one guy on our team. So bless his heart. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. He's different... going to be really that's, outnumbered. But that's yeah. that's OK. We'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to why yeah. that's OK here in a yeah. second. But but go ahead, Stephanie. Yeah. You're about to say. Yeah, something. So um, I, I think another one of the really important pieces is what and in, in why we see. Mm hmm females more so in this admin role and even in real estate role is communication. Yeah. Women are better communicators than men in general. I would go beyond general. I think, I think it's almost a flat rule. Like, like guys need to learn good communication probably where, where ladies can be innate with it in, in some regards. Yeah. But, but then again, I do know men that are extremely good communicators yeah. too, that are right. born with that quality. But anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Yeah, I mean that was really it. Okay, Mandy. Yeah. Women are just better communicators. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hey, girl power. There you go. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mandy, I mean, controversial I, opinion I time. I think I'm a little... <laughs> Sorry, go I ahead. I think I'm very... New, no, I'm just going to say I'm pretty neutral on it because... Oh, come really on. Successful <laughs> men on it. Uh-huh. I, I mean, we've had men in our team and, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we have one currently and... You know, in okay, so in our TC group, we have like 6,000 TCs, and I'd say we probably have 10, uh, I don't know, 10% are guys, maybe. Yeah. So when you look at statistics, I will definitely say that women are more drawn to this because a right. lot of them, a lot of the women on our team, you know, they have kids. So they, they, love this position because they can work from home and they can right. go pick up their kids and come back and, you know, they can do that. Why? you know, their husband may be at work or what, whatever it may be. So if you look yeah. at the like typical statistics, then absolutely, because, you know, um, but as far as organization and things like that, I think that's pretty neutral yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, it, guy, I mean, my husband is like very, very organized, but he has to be to do an AC job. Like, you know, oh, he yeah. has to be very thorough and et cetera. But I'm way more organized than he is OCD. So like, I think people can compliment each other in, in the TC world, but yeah, I would definitely say that it's just, it's more natural for a woman. It's right. just like, it's more, it's, it just comes down to personality. I think of, of right. the person. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I guess one of the things that I see all, all the time, just in the media right now is just people pushing for more of a certain person of a certain demographic or of a certain sex in a certain business. And I I don't know, call me skeptical. I just, I look at that and I I get it. Listen, I understand. I'm not out here saying like, you know, I'm throwing the women's rights books in the, in the library, in the fictional section. I'm not doing that. Okay. (laughs) I'm not that kind of guy, but what I'm saying is that, is that there's, there's much more about you that's interesting than your sex, than your race, than any of those other things. I care about what quality you bring to the work, regardless of what demographic you are. Like that doesn't earn you a position anywhere. No more than me being a man earns me a position as a bricklayer or an inspector or a Fortune 500 company owner. Like it's based on my merit and it's based on my ability to do the job. Um, so that's where that's where I just I look at some of these things and I and I just wonder if there's oh I know I know there's too much of a push for these things to put people in these positions that, you know, it doesn't qualify them in and of themselves. Right. But I am saying that if you throw a dart out at a group of ladies, you're going to hit, you're going to be much more likely to hit a good communicator Mm -hmm. than if you threw a dart at a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. Cause I know this from, you know, seven years of marriage now, I still need to work on my communication (laughs) much more than my wife does. Um, And, yeah. You know, and there's probably things that I could say that you'd be much more likely to hit if you if you threw the dart at a group of men than you would a group of ladies. But I've already pushed yeah. the controversial envelope too far. I'm not going to go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go ahead and move to a a fun thing to end with. I love dad jokes. Do y'all have a personal favorite dad joke? Mm-hmm. None that pops out at me. This was a bad thing to ask two ladies because this is probably just the thing that you roll <laughs> that you roll your eyes at when you when you when you hear. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Might surprise me. I can't oh, think of anything. Really? No, I can't think of okay. anything right offhand. I mean, okay. my husband sends me these ridiculous Facebook videos all mm. the time, who and he thinks they're hilarious. Yes. And I roll my eyes. 
Oh, well. So kind of the same, you know. You're just not enlightened enough. I, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do I'll do a real estate one for you. And this one, this one's good. I love this one. Okay. okay. So my landlord said he needs to talk to me about how high the heating bill is. I said, my door's always open. <laughs> womp womp. Mandy, come on. That's really good. That's the doors always open. It, it, it means that that's like a multi-layered dad joke because that plays on the whole thing of, you know, the dad saying, why are we leaving the door open? We're trying to air condition the neighborhood, you know, the barn in a barn. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Okay. One more. Well, no, two more and then we're done. Okay. What do you call an acid? What do you call an acid with an attitude? Amino acid. <laughs> Last one, I promise. And this is my personal favorite to this day. This one is so good. Okay. okay. I saw a radio for sale for $1 the other day. Yeah. But the volume knob on it was stuck. I can't turn that down. Shoot. Oh <laughs> 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 Yeah, those are right in line oh, with those videos my that yes. my husband sends. Right <laughs> yes. in line. They're golden. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for the internet. Thank you for the, mm-hmm. for the laughs. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Thank you for coming on, Mandy. Thank you for taking the time. I know being on the phone for an hour and a half is a big commitment. So thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was a fun conversation. Thanks for the good questions. and. Um, ending the week off on a good note. Oh, good. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it was a good that. note. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you too yeah. for being yes. here. Enjoyed it. We thank haven't caught up in a long us. time. I know. It's, it's been we a minute. Haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. all right. Well, thank you all for coming and y'all have a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, Jackson. Mm-hmm.